This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy Earth Day to you. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you're listening to Episode 36 of Go To Grandma. Our grandparents and great-grandparents were big advocates of protecting the environment even without knowing they were doing it. Reusable mesh shopping bags, mending socks, handing down clothes from generation to generation, and using alternate forms of energy, like hand-washing clothes and hanging them out to dry. They made their own toys, grew their own vegetables, maybe even killed a chicken or two. Today, we are so used to modern conveniences and our throwaway clothing and electronics that I think it's so worth it to pause and think about ways that we can protect our one and only Earth. The one and only Jen Reynolds is back on the show today. As editor-in-chief of Harrowsmith Magazine, Jen is responsible for directing the messaging and tone of this well-established publication, whose motto has long been, Make, Grow, Sustain, and Share. She's going to tell us why Earth Day is important to recognize with our families, how to talk to kids about environmental issues, and what we can do together with our grandkids to be more sustainable and tackle climate change. A big discussion for a big subject. In April of 2021, Stacy Greenberg launched Ode to Toy, an eco-friendly Toronto-based store which sells pre-loved and new toys. Perfect for grandparents who want to have fun toys for their grandkids at their house, but also want to reuse and recycle and stick to a budget. We'll talk to Stacy about why she launched it. Such a great initiative. Relocating versus renovating? Our Take 5 with RBC series looks at what you need to do to plan to age in place. I hope you're using a reusable mug for your coffee or tea this morning as you look out your window or get right out into this great world as you listen to this episode of Go To Grandma. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and Harrow Smith's Jen Reynolds is up next. Jen Reynolds is an avid gardener, nature lover, DIYer, and most importantly, very passionate about sustainability and the environment. She has designed over 100 landscapes and gardens, helped run many of Canada's biggest charities, worked as a marketing executive, and spent several as a journalist and editor. Today, she joins us wearing her editor-in-chief of Harrowsmith Magazine hat. Good morning, Jen Reynolds. Thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me. So we are going to be talking about Earth Day or Earth Month, and I'm just going to read a little something to set the tone for our topic, which is, every day we make choices in our lives that affect the environment, our climate, and the world around us. So now more than ever, it's time to adopt a few new habits and eliminate some of the things that aren't so great. To empower you and your family with motivating ideas, Harrow Smith's sustainability experts have created a month's worth of fun and easy earth-friendly activities. It's true that small acts when multiplied by millions of people can change the world. I love this, Jen. So we're going to get started on this right now. <laughs> Why is Earth Day important to recognize with our families and, you know, in perspective for us with our grandkids in particular as well? Well, you know what, like all special days, it gives us a time to assess and to reflect and to celebrate the wins that we've made in in our environment and with climate change, but also to change the course where we need to along the way, too. So, you know, if we didn't have this day, if we didn't have this month, then 
these things may pass us by and we may not notice them. Um, you'll notice not just Harrisonth Magazine, but all other news and media outlets are coming out with um, studies and reports and tips at this time of the year too. So there's a lot of information. There's a lot of things that are studies that are flooding into our world right now too. So it's very, very important to make sure that we listen to those things and are ready to take action. So really take the information that's coming at us quite seriously. And hopefully, as you said, this day and this month makes us do that. Absolutely. And I think, too, you know, the best way to do that is to look at our planet as an amazing place, but it really needs our help to thrive. It's not going to, these changes are not going to happen if we don't um, make them happen. And there's no one more important for this than our kids and our grandkids. They are the ones that are going to be feeling the effects of this um, for their whole lives and sharing these tips with their families, too. So, so, so important to get started recognizing, celebrating Earth Day now and, and really being conscious of how fragile our, our planet is and how important it is to protect it. Absolutely. And I started the show on my intro by saying that our great-grandparents were probably great environmentalists without even knowing it because they reused, they recycled, and now it's changed so much for someone like my grandsons who are, you know, two and under. So how can we talk to kids and what age and sort of what do we start telling them about environmental issues? And I'll just couch that by saying without sort of scaring them, if you know what I mean, you know, like just saying, here's what we're going to do to make it better and here's why it's really important. Absolutely. It can be frightening and, mm-hmm. and it's hard to look at it every day. You kind of have to take it in, in micro doses, you know, put it into context, but really do not, you know, it's, it's important to make it real, but do not make it scary. So, you know, listen for older children, listen to their concerns about the environment and they'll start to have language about the environment as early as, you know, school aged at, at four and, and five and six years old. They'll start sharing concerns about the environment and, and allow them to tell you how they feel and, and what they think about it and, and beyond. You know, you can say that there's, if they're worried about something, you say, well, there's a lot of people who are worried about that, too. And, you know, it's a really big problem. And there's a lot of smart people working hard on this. And there's also lots of things that we can do as a family to help. So, you know, understand that concern, listen to it, and then turn around into action. That that makes a big difference, you know, to, to be able to be ready with, with solutions that can make a difference. If you want to dive deeper, you know, you can watch a movie together or reading books, and that's great for all ages, really makes a big difference. And also just being outside. A lot of the the changes that we see in the environment and a lot of our connections to making changes happen when we're outside. So making sure that you have lots of outdoor time every single day will put everything into context as well, too. I think that's really key, as you say, getting outdoors and really recognizing the world around us and not just looking, you know, looking at it from the, from inside, which is easy to do right now because we've all been sort of scared inside a little bit with what's happening in the world. So really, we can be outside, we can be outside safely. So getting our kids outside more and more often and actions speak louder than words. So what can we do together besides going for lovely hikes and and, uh, skiing and being outdoors. What can we do together to be more sustainable um, and to tackle climate change with our kids and grandkids? Well, I think the biggest thing is making connections so that kids understand where things come from and how they're interconnected. 
you know, for instance, things like toilet paper tubes, like if you're talking about recycling, toilet paper tubes are made from cardboard. Um, they usually take about two months to decompose in the landfill. Actually, on our website at carosmithmag.com, we have an activity um, where you can turn them into little seed pots. And so that's interesting to know about recycling. Whereas on the other hand, a plastic bottle can stick around for way longer. It can take up to 450 years to break down. So, you know, having these kind of concrete examples and activities and learning more about, you know, what can be reduced, what can be reused is really important. And, you know, with Earth Day, it's it's really important about doing things. It's really important to, you know, model good behavior to and even narrate while you're you're doing this as well to talk about recycling, talk about um, turning off the lights. And when you're turning off the lights in front of your kids and grandkids, make sure you say, I'm turning off the lights right now to save power. And it's really important to save power because we want to use less energy in our home. You know, things like, you know, and just, you know, you can say this a hundred times and maybe they'll get it on, on one time talking to them about, you know, generating electricity, you know, creates air pollution. So the less electricity we can generate, you know, the better and the cleaner our air is going to be. So say it a million different ways. And, you know, we start to learn that ourselves as well, too. And it just becomes second nature to to turn off the lights or to stop the car from idling or to maybe let your hair air dry instead of blow dry. All of those things make a huge, huge difference, you know, in things like air pollution, turning off a tap, a tap you know, learn your, your stats. And, uh, you know, interesting, you know, fun fact is running a tap, it can use up to nine liters of water each minute. Wow. So, you know, yeah, exactly. So, you know, what can, you know, say, wow, this is a problem. How can we fix this? So keeping, like, you know, a pitcher of water in the fridge to avoid running the tap and wasting water is a good way or, you know, reduce the water that you have from outdoor water play. You know, set up a water table. That's great. But instead of just dumping it down the drain, that's good, clean water. Reuse it in the garden. Reuse it for the plants, those sort of things. So every little thing. And have rain barrels and things like that. And I know I used to tell my kids, my kids used to want me to drive them to school all the time. And I'd say, you know, it's more environmental if you take the bus. And that was actually something they hadn't really thought of. The bus is going there anyway. I don't need to start my car. And I think that's important too. And even when we're handing down clothes, I, you know, I had four kids. It's like, why do I have to wear that? It's like, well, first of all, it's a money issue. Secondly, it's perfectly good. And third, it's good for the environment. So what you're saying about narrating the moves that we make, I think is really important. And because we don't realize, I think today, how much we do is actually doing some good. And maybe we're just like, don't put that in the garbage, put it in the recycling, but we don't really get into the conversation about why with our kids. So I think we need to have those. Exactly. Like for instance, one t-shirt takes about over 2,000 liters of water to make just from growing the cotton, from producing it. You know, that's more than you'll drink in two years. So, you know, that is one t-shirt. Those kind of, you know, making those kind of connections, that helps all of us and especially kids make the choices that, that they need to make. And they'll, they'll keep repeating that. They are the best sponges of information. If we are going to make changes, we have to make sure that we are having these conversations with our kids. They are going to have it with each other, and they are going to be the influencers 
of this great change that we need to have. For I sure. agree. And for a long time, I've taken my kids to secondhand stores, not only for clothes, but for toys. And actually coming up after your interview, we have Ode to Toy, which is a recycled toy startup, which I absolutely love, especially when you're buying toys for your grandkids. So actions speak louder than words, but the words are important too. And we can also read the words. How's this for a segue? At Harold Smith Magazine. That's at Harold Smith Mag on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we can find you, Jen, at JN Reynolds for all of your great tips as well. And I'm so looking forward to seeing what your garden looks like this spring because it always looks fantastic and you always post pictures. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Kathy. Thank you. Happy Earth Month. You too. Okay, take care. Thanks. Stacey Greenberg is the founder and chief fun officer of Ode to Toy, which she launched in April of 2021. O2Toy.ca is an eco-friendly Toronto-based store which sells pre-loved and new toys, children's books, and sporting gear for up to 70% off retail prices. All items are sanitized, cleaned, and ready for your grandkids to love. Nothing is over $100. O2Toy buys pallets of toys that were headed to landfill and buys used toys from the public. They aim to hashtag play it forward because kids play with their toys for about two minutes. Their goals are to bring your little ones joy, save your hard-earned cash, and do their part for the environment. Good morning, Stacey. Thanks so much for coming on the show. This is such a cool initiative, and I'm so happy that you can join us for our Earth Day special. Well, thank you so much for having us, and we're thrilled to be here. So let's start right at the beginning. Why did you start OdeToToy.ca? Oh, there are so many reasons. But I guess we'll go back to 2019 when my little girl was born. And people would send us some uh, toys, and they were wrapped in packaging upon packaging upon packaging. I knew they weren't great for the earth, and I knew there was something I could do better. And then I would go out and buy toys myself, and I looked at the price tags. And for little bits of plastic, they were exorbitant. And then I would return things to stores. And I found out that when stores got customer returns, even brand-new toys wrapped in packaging, they would throw them out. Oh, wow. And I knew that there was something I could do better. Mm -hmm. So, you know, environmentally costly very expensive, stores would throw out customer returns. And then, of course, there's the bane of parents everywhere, how uh, little kids play with toys for about three seconds, and they have the attention span of a flea, and I'm sure it's developmentally appropriate for all of them, but the same was true of my little girl. Mm -hmm. I knew there was a lot of life left in these toys. I think that's super important that you raise that. And, and, and I have my two grandsons are only 10 months and two and a half years old. But I see that as well at both of those ages where a toy can hold their attention for a little while. And then they're sort of done with it. Now, I know my daughter rotates them through. But at my house, it would be great to have an option to get some toys that aren't going to break my budget. And also, again, I'm not going to contribute to, you know, packaging into the environment. So why would I come to Ode to Toy instead of just buying from Kijiji or Facebook? What does Ode to Toy offer to me? Absolutely. So um, our price point is similar to Facebook or Kijiji. Nothing on our store is over $100. And it was very important to me that all of the toys would be accessible. Um, But there are a few advantages that we have over Kijiji and Facebook. One, I go through and I personally check all the toys to ensure the quality is there. No Lego sets are missing their parts. No puzzles are missing their pieces. Everything is checked to ensure that it's safe. There are no sharp parts. There are no broken parts. 
we go through and we sanitize everything. So that's the advantage. But more than that, we purchase toys from people and we go through and we check everything. So we ensure that these toys are quality. A lot of our toys look like they haven't even been played with. The other part is we have brand new toys as well. So the majority of our toys are pre-loved. But in terms of the brand new toys, we're saving them from the landfill. So what we do is we go out and we buy toys from your big box retailers that will throw out perfectly good unused brand new toys. We buy them by the pallet and that way they're affordable to us and we can pass those savings on to you. That's amazing. I, I had no idea that they were throwing out the toys that got returned. I guess because the packaging gets ruined or something or they're just not sealed anymore, I suppose. You know what? To tell you the truth, it costs more for the stores to scan them back in and put them back on the shelves than it does to throw them out or sell them by the pallet in bulk. So it's purely a cost-saving manner for them because most of these toys are untouched. And it's not just uh, toys, is it, Stacey? You've also got books and you've got sporting gear. Now, sporting gear can be expensive. That's an interesting one to me. Absolutely. So we know that kids go through their soccer games, you know, by the season and they grow out of their cleats. So we have soccer cleats. We have bikes. Kids grow out of bikes pretty much either annually or every two years. And we know that they're super expensive. So we will trade in your bikes. We will trade in your soccer cleats. We have skates. We have sleds. And we also have books, which is my true passion project because I'm a voracious reader. And my little, little girl is turning out to be one as well. She's two and a half. Mm-hmm. And her favorite thing to do is read books. So we go through them. You know, we do support the library. But you know what? At the younger ages, the kids really do love to read the books again and again and again. Absolutely. So my my we, grandson's the same we age. We have some yeah. curated book specials where we put out packages of 10 to 20 books, especially for the baby age range. We have your touch and feel books. We have your funny Robert Munch books or Dr. Seuss books. We have books about counting and animals. And they're all there in these book packages to save you time and money. I think that's amazing. And besides going to, and I can go to Ode to Toy, that's O-D-E, T-O-T-O-Y dot C-A and purchase them online, correct? Absolutely. So we sell both our our pre-loved and our brand new toys, books, and sporting goods online. You can filter by age. You can filter by brand. You can filter by interest. If somebody wants only books about Elmo, you can click books and click Elmo and it's all right there for you. Did I see you hold public marketplaces as well, Stacey? We do. So uh, if you're in the greater Toronto area, we do our, our flea markets, our vending markets, and we, we go out on April 23rd. We'll be at the Toronto Botanical Gardens at their Eco Market. On April 24th, we'll be at the Leslieville Flea, which this month is in the mm-hmm. distillery district. I love to meet people. I love to talk to you about what you're looking for. You know, I am personally, at this point in time, a one-man show. So I love to go out and, and talk to people about what it is they need. I love to save you a little bit of money and bring your little ones a little bit of joy. I love this, Stacey, so much as an initiative. Not only So we look for the Ode to Toy. We get that sort of, you know, sort of that proof that things have been checked over. They're going to be safe as opposed to buying toys from somewhere else. And as I said, as a grandparent, you know, we're looking at our budgets and we're also looking at not, you know, contributing to landfills. So thank you so much for starting this. First of all, I think it's a wonderful initiative. And again, we can go to odetotoy.ca to look for those toys. We can also find you on Instagram where I know you post pictures of uh, great toys that you have in stock and see seasonal as well, obviously, and uh, different trends. And you're also on Facebook at odetotoy.ca. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Stacey. 
Thank you so much, Kathy. I really appreciate your time, and thank you so much for having us on. Take care. Leanne Kaufman is President and CEO of the Royal Trust Corporation of Canada and the Royal Trust Company. She is responsible for the strategy and overall management of RBC Royal Trust, which provides wealth protection and transfer solutions across generations to high net wealth Canadian families. A lawyer by profession, Leanne brings more than 15 years of experience, knowledge, and a client-centric focus to the business. Good morning, Leanne. Thanks for coming back on the show today to talk about aging at home. Oh, thanks for having me back, Kathy. It's nice to be here. So we're going to talk about planning for the cost of aging at home and things you need to consider because surveys have shown that Canadians want to live in their own homes for as long as possible. After the media attention paid to the state of long-term care over the course of the pandemic, families may also be resistant to sending their loved ones to retirement homes. Have you experienced this sentiment in your business as well? No question. There is far more conversation about how long one can stay in their own home and Mm. also, you know, what sort of modifications might be needed in order to make that happen. I'm certainly hearing it at work, but I, you know, I'm also hearing it in my family and social circles. So you mentioned the surveys. We do work with the National Institute on Aging. Their research supports this as well. So 70% of Canadians aged 65 and over reported that the uh, pandemic had really changed their perspective on whether or not they would arrange for themselves or for a loved one to live in one of these congregate care settings. And it does seem that Canadians overwhelmingly want to age in their own homes if they can. Yeah, but I think, there are yeah. those costs associated. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it really did, as you say, it's on a spotlight sort of on, you know, the realities of living in retirement homes and long-term care homes, good and bad. We got a lot of information on that. But staying at home can have obviously a lot of considerations. And and first and foremost, it's obviously trying to, you know, make sure you don't harm yourself or you stay healthy because falls can be triggering events for older Canadians, resulting in them not being able to stay at home for longer. So we talk about baby proofing a lot. I know. What about age proofing your home? Yeah, the experts that we work with do have a lot of uh, great suggestions about this, and I can share just a few that I've picked up with you. Things like, certainly like tripping hazards, anything Mm -hmm. like rugs and clutter, having proper lighting so you can see properly. And so now, you know, considering things like automated sensor lights to make sure Mm -hmm. that the common pathways are well lit. My parents recently invested in smart plugs, so they use voice commands to turn on lamps. There can be those handrails, you know, that could guide a pathway or certainly for stability in, in the bathroom to provide some accessibility to those more common areas. You have to consider stairs. And, of course, we know that those lifts are available for stairs uh, if you can't avoid using them. And then I think one of the more interesting, uh, they're not necessarily new, but they're evolving, are those fall detection devices. So if something does happen, that it can, you can be alerted to it. And, and I know there's maybe a bit of stigma associated with, with wearing those, but some of them are a lot less conspicuous than they used to be. And I know now you can even get them embedded into smartwatches. So you've got functionality beyond just fall prevention. Mm-hmm. You're right. In technology, is obviously going to play a large uh, part of sort of getting your home ready for it, as well as the very practical things that you talked about. So all of these things, they come at a cost, obviously. So what should we be doing to plan for those extra costs if they're thinking, I need to age-proof this home? I don't think this is something that we as Canadians have done a great job planning for in advance, but I think that's where we need we really need to start is planning before the needs actually arise. And so things like having a financial plan in place, maybe even a care plan, that has already taken these potential or likely costs into account would be great. I mean, when we do financial planning for retirement, we're often focusing on those early 
retirement years when the expenses that we're considering are tied to things that we want to do, like travel or maybe get a secondary residence for part of the year. But our plans really do need to go you know, further and think think in the long term and have that flexibility to consider the financial needs for these late life costs that, you know, may be significant, as, as you've mentioned. There, there may be some programs that are available to help with some of the costs or tax credits, things like that, that could help to offset. But I think, you know, to the extent that we're able, let's make sure we've, we've at least turned our mind to it, given some consideration, built it into the plan, and then make sure your plans are protected by having the right legal documents in place that express your wishes. So that would include absolutely power of attorney for both property and and for care. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. And and the biggest part of all of this is that starting to do the planning and starting to do the doing before, you know, now, in a sense, if that's what your aging in place plan is going to be, not just the day you say this is it, but getting really on it right now. And if we want to have more information about all of this, we can go to RBC Royal Trust uh, underscore RBC dot com slash Royal Trust. And we can also follow along with plans on uh, Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, of course, at RBC Wealth. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Leanne, today and sharing your insight. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Take care. It's never been more important to take care of ourselves and our planet. I hope you're doing something for both today. Thanks to Jen Reynolds for giving us the inspiration to spend quality time with our grandkids, making the world a better place for all of us. Check out Ode to Toy if you need to replenish or stock up on some toys for the kids or maybe haul out the old ones from your own kids that you have tucked away in the basement before you head to the nearest shopping mall. Coming up next week, we are going to continue our discussion on aging in place. Writer Andrea Yu published a piece recently in Zoomer magazine which covered all of the essential aids and tools you might want to think about for your own home. Balance and mobility can become a challenge, so we're also talking to yoga instructor Annabelle Fitzsimmons, who is back on the show to teach us some essential moves for improving both. Our Take 5 with RBC series focuses on the myths of retirement. You're going to want to hear about those. Thanks again for joining us either via Zoomer Radio or on the podcast. If you have the time to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, it will grow our community of today's grandparents. I would really appreciate that. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you've been listening to Go to Grandma. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.